Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. So I'm starting a brand new series today. I cut off my series. I was going to go one or two more times, uh, but I cut that short. Uh, We were in a series called The Missing Piece, P-E-A-C-E. There was something that happened to me last week as, as I was baptizing. It moved me so much that I pulled off of the series and I and I and immediately the the Lord gave me a a title for today's you know message and, and next week's message and it's called Amazing Change. Amazing change. What happens when God touches a a you know a person in such a way that all that they can do is just kind of sit there and weep and cry. And, and it's amazing change. Come on, I'm so grateful for the change that God brings about. What causes somebody to be so happy? Amazing change. Come on, I believe that Eric, and I didn't talk to him, you know, I didn't ask him, but, but he probably at that moment was realizing just how much he had been forgiven. He was probably realizing just at that moment just how much that God had loved him. Come on, he had, he had noticed just how, at that moment um, how much mercy God was extending, come on, to him. And I'm just, I'm just sure of it today that some of you right now know exactly what I'm talking about because you too have experienced that amazing change. I believe this, that God changes everything. And I just wanted to be an encouragement to you before I really dived into the dived into the, the fullness of the, of the message. I want to encourage you, church, to keep doing what it is that you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing because your, your life is making a difference. You know, you know it, 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 and what do I mean by that? Well, sometimes whenever you've served the Lord for a long time and you're, you're dealing with all kinds of people, sometimes it's easy just to remain quiet and really Really not put your, you know, extend yourself out there to where, you know, somebody might cast a judgment on you. Man, this guy's just a religious fanatic or or man, does she ever stop talking about Jesus? I mean, it seems like Jesus always, you know, finds his way into the conversation in and through this person. And I'm just telling you that now is the time. Come on to continue to do what you're doing. And if you are a quiet person. Whenever it comes to your faith, I would encourage you to come out from that place and be more vocal and more, you know, you know, more willing to, you know, I'm not talking about being weird. You know, we've all met weird people, right? We've all met like, like, man, that's just too much. And, and, you know, God wants us to also use wisdom, right? The wisdom of the Lord uh, is, is very, very powerful. God will share with you when, what, how, you know, it's supposed to look and, and wisdom is an incredible thing, and not everybody has it, right? Not everybody, not everybody has wisdom, but I, I challenge you to desire wisdom and to utilize it once you have it and be vocal. Be, be ready and willing, come on, to put yourself out there because it's making a difference. If you haven't heard Eric's testimony, you'll hear it sometime soon, I'm sure, but come on, he comes out of a pretty radical, wild, you know, background and, and religion that's, that's very different, you know, than, than, than what he is experiencing, a real life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ right now. And guess what? It's because somebody was, was sharing. Every single time that somebody enters into the waters of baptism, typically there's somebody else in this church that has been ministering to them, that has been witnessing to them, that has been sharing the gospel message, the good news with them. And and so I'm challenging you, don't stop what you're doing. Now is not the time to to, you know, just to kind of let up. Come on, 2021 is requiring more than 2020 or any other year. Amen. I'm telling you what, Jesus is coming. He's coming back. I don't know when he's coming back, but he's coming back. And, and, um, and, and, and the only reason why he has delayed his return is because there are still those that need to be saved that have not been saved. 
And so that, that is a huge responsibility for you and for me, amen? You got people that you've been reluctant to share with. I'm telling you, get rid of that fear or that, because you have no idea what it is that the Lord is able to do in and through your witness and in through your sharing. Praise God. Somebody in the upper, upper deck say amen, just so we know that. All right. Thank you guys so much. Our book, the Bible, is filled you know, it's filled with stories of hopeless people finding hope in Jesus Christ. And I also believe that today's message, even though it came in and through, um, you know, me, me observing, uh, you know, Eric and the tears that were flowing from his eyes. I believe that today's message is timely because there's some here that need to experience, maybe even for the first time, the amazing change that I'm talking about. So if you would please bow your heads with me in prayer. Lord, we thank you for today, and I thank you, Lord, for your word that goes out and it doesn't return void. But, God, in the midst of all of the things that are going on right now in our world today, I pray, Lord, that, that today, at this very moment, God, in time, that people would experience your Holy Spirit. God, that they would experience your love that, God, they would experience their forgiveness, God, in a fresh and a new way. And I even pray for those that have been serving the Lord for a long period of time that maybe have forgotten just how good you are because, because how, how, how messed up and broken of a person that they used to be. Come on, they're so far removed from that because of your goodness, they've forgotten a lot of it. And I just pray, Lord, that today would be a reminder to them that, God, you love them so much and you've done so much. And God, out of that, let there be an incredible appreciation. But today, God, we just present ourselves to you to learn from you, to receive from you, to, 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 to be taught by you, to be led by you, to be healed and restored by you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Hey, real quick, I just got a question. Uh, by a raise of hands, how many of you would say that you are reading your Bible more this year than you did last year? Raise of hands. That's awesome. Man, thank you guys so much for that. Really, I really appreciate you, you, you stepping up and, 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 and just you know making your Bible time, your personal time, important. I really, really want to thank you. And I, and I know that that's true because we've had so many people, I've had so many people come up to me and say, man, pastor, you were just preaching out of Romans and that's where I've been reading. And it was so cool because, you know, because I just read what you just preached about. And, and, um, and anyhow, that's happened multiple times. And, and I just, I love that. We need to be students of the word of God, right? We need to be students of God's word. We need to know what God's word says. So if you'll go ahead and turn your Bibles, please, to the book of Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5 in verse 12. It says this. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and he prayed. This is a terrible, terrible diagnosis, this diagnosis of, of leprosy. This diagnosis of leprosy would probably very, you know, it'd be similar to, to you going to the doctor not feeling real well and, 
and the doctor does an examination and then breaks the terrible news to you that I'm sorry, uh, sir, or I'm sorry, ma'am, you have cancer. And, 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 and it's, it's, you know, it's a long, you know, quite a, quite a ways. How many of you have had that, that, that conversation in the past? I know there's several people that have had that conversation, you know, with a, with a doctor in the, in the past, but see, leprosy was even probably more disastrous. Come on. It was more, uh, fearful than even a cancer diagnosis. And, and it's hard to really think about that because all of us have known somebody that have either gone through cancer and, and beat it, or they've gone through cancer and they're now with the, you know, they're now with the Lord. They're in the presence of the Lord. It was the very thing that, that had taken their life. Well, well, with with technology the way that it is and 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 you know all that they have learned with cancer you've got a pretty good chance and then all of a sudden of course with the power of god in the in the life of a believer you've got a pretty good chance to be a survivor of cancer but when you were diagnosed with leprosy come on it was like a life sentence it was bad but it was also going to get worse and guess what there was no cure there was no cure. I mean, some people got cured. This man will find out, you know, he, he got cured. But but it was it was uh, it was it was terrible. It was uncurable. And also note that in this passage of Scripture, it says that it says that it was not in the beginning stages. This man, it says, was covered with leprosy. See, leprosy, it starts out as small. You might just have a, a little mark on your hand or, or on your arm or a mark on your face. But this man, by the time Jesus came along, he was covered in it. And so it was, it was, uh, it was, at, its latter, it was at its latter stages. See, leprosy, it, it, it poses to, to bring all kinds of problems to the person and the family that has it. First of all, it, it poses a huge problem socially. Everything changed for this man, even if it was just a, li a, little, a little spot on his, on his hand. Oh man, I'm sorry, sir. You've got leprosy. At that moment, he was kicked out of the city to go and to join a leper colony, right? So immediately, he lost his job. Somebody say he lost his job. He lost his friends. Socially, this really messed him up. Lost all of his friends, right? Lost his family. No longer could he hug his wife. No longer could he, could he kiss his children. No longer could he, you know, get along the bedside of his kids and, and, and pray for them before, you know, they, they went to sleep. So socially, everything changed because of this diagnosis. I'm sorry, sir, you've got leprosy. You know, he, he certainly got a whole new bunch of friends because, you know, I'm sure you, you, you learn to, you know, get along with other people that are in the same situation, you know, that you're in. And that's cool. But this was a social problem. It also caused tremendous physical issues. Not only was leprosy painful, but how many of you know that leprosy was displeasing to the eye? Like literally, you would, you would be sitting there and as the leprosy was farther along, you might be sitting there and the finger falls off. Many lepers have no fingers on their hands and their nose, their, their nose, it's just, it's exposed bone because, because it's just, it's been eaten away. Come on, leprosy is indicative of, of, of sin or it, it, it looks like sin because sin, if it's not dealt with, it just, it just continues to consume more and more and more. If you don't deal with your sin, guess what? You're going you're gonna to sin in ways that you never thought you could sin because you haven't dealt with the little sin back here. And that's what leprosy is. That's what cancer is. It's never satisfied. It always requires more unless you do something about it. Unless you, they, they didn't know really what to do. And then also it caused a spiritual problem in this man's life. Because back in this day, when somebody was diagnosed with leprosy, much like some people even do today, they associate, man, what did this guy do wrong? I wonder what sin he has in his life. You know what I'm saying? Man, he must not trust in God. And then can you imagine, come on, you're faithful to the Lord 
you're, you're, you're worshiping God. You're putting first, you know, the things of God. God is a priority in your life. But then all of a sudden you get diagnosed with leprosy. Can you imagine the fight that you might go through thinking, God, don't you even care about me anymore? Don't you even love me? God, I've been faithful to you, right? But how many of you know that we live in a fallen, broken world and it rains on the just and it rains on the unjust? Just because we love the Lord doesn't mean that we're not going to go through issues or problems. Amen. But how many of you know that whenever you go through tough times, the Lord is always there with you? Come on. He says, I will not leave you, nor will I forsake you. And many times we see you know, God, God heals and it does an incredible thing, you know, to those people that are close to the situation. And so let's go back and take a look at, at Luke chapter 5 and 12 and 13. It says, when he saw Jesus, the man with leprosy, he fell with his face to the ground and he begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man he said, I am willing, be clean, and immediately the leprosy left him. So here we've got Jesus that is crossing boundaries that nobody else would, would cross. He is doing things that nobody else would do. And I, I just think that that's interesting. Isn't that exactly what he does for you and for me? I don't know about you, but but I really alienated myself because of my sin and my addictions. I really alienated myself from the people that really loved me the most. You know what I mean? I, I, I set up such a such a divide between where I was and 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 where people were. Very seldom did I have people, you know, pursue me enough Come on to try to pull me out. Maybe it's because, you know, they had done it so many times before and I just kind of, you know what I mean? I just kind of I, I just kind of messed a lot of people over. How many of you know that sin will do that? Yeah, you, right. I, I don't I don't know about you, but but you end up hurting the people that love you the most. But here, Jesus, nobody will touch you know, nobody will speak to, nobody will have anything to do with this man. But Jesus, he breaks all of the barriers and he crosses all of the boundaries. And he loves this man in a way that this man has never been loved before. Which is unconditionally. Unconditionally. He unconditionally loves this guy. He, he did what others would never consider doing. He gave his attention he touched the man. He engaged the man. I don't know where you were, but many of you know that I was in jail uh, on a DUI charge, completely inebriated, and God came into that place, that lonely place, that lonely, cold place where they should give you a blanket, but they don't. And the Lord came in and, 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 and did a work in my life immediately, immediately. Why is it that sometimes some things happen immediately and other things take a long period of time? I don't know. I think I've got some, I've got some answers and some insight. While he delivered me immediately, there have been other things that have taken some time in my life. And I honestly believe that whenever we're praying for deliverance, when we're you are amazing. Thank you so much. Could you hear my voice? I was getting all crackly. Yeah, thank you so much. Give her a hand, everybody. She might bring you one, too, if you need one. Uh, but, but, but God does some things immediately. Other times, come on, how many of you know that, that the Apostle Paul, for instance, he dealt with, a, with, with, with a, a thorn in his side, a weakness in his body all the days of his life. And so, so he never got complete deliverance or or healing and I honestly believe that sometimes God doesn't do do you know bring about complete deliverance in an area because in our weakness he's made strong and how many of you know that sometimes when we have a weakness it causes us to rely on the Lord in ways that we may not rely on the Lord it causes us to pursue God in ways that we might not pursue God if we didn't have that limitation and that weakness I don't have all that stuff figured out but I do believe this that God is purposeful in all things that he does right 
He is absolutely purposeful in all things that, that he does. So God comes into this dark place, this unclean place where I was, and he healed me, and he pulled me out. When I was thinking about this this morning, it reminded me of a story when I was a youth pastor at Valley Church in Caldwell, Idaho. And I, I was a youth pastor maybe for a year at this time. There was a young lady that just started coming to the church, and God was doing some incredible things in her life. And, and, uh, but she was in a real dangerous situation as well. She was, she was in a bad relationship, honestly, where she was beaten, and, uh, and her kid was probably um, you know, being abused, and just a real volatile situation. She was with a man that was very angry, and, and, and uh, uh, just, just, you just didn't know what this guy could do. Um, and so anyway, I got a call from Pastor Lynn Hardy, which is the pastor of the church now, and he called me. He said, Travis, he said, I want you to I want you to come do the come do the church. I got a situation. I'm like, OK, so I I come down there and and uh, and he just begins to tell me, hey, we're going to go rescue this girl out of a bad situation. And I'm like, oh, yeah, OK. All right. And so he 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 goes by his house first and he goes inside and he comes out, you know, with a, with with a, some I didn't know what was underneath of it, but he had, he comes out with with uh, some pistols uh, up underneath of a coat, and he hands me a pistol. And he says, "He said that's loaded and it's ready to go." And I said, "I said, what's going on?" He said, "I don't know the kind of situation that we're you know we're going." I said, "Do you really think we're going to need these?" And he said, "I hope not." <laughs> I said, "I said me too," but he said we're going to be glad to have them. And, uh, and so anyway, this is crazy. All I saw in my mind is the paper the next morning, two pastors, you know, uh, arrested for, uh, I'm just thinking this is the craziest thing. But, but anyway, so we go and, and without issue, um, we were able to, to take this girl out of this bad situation and her kid and, and um, and and anyhow, but it just reminded me, it reminded me how we were willing like like that. That was important enough for us to go into and take her out of that that bad that bad environment. And, and it really was I don't know how smart it was. I really am not encouraging anybody to do that. Um, but it, it, we were willing to do something because of, of the danger that this person was in. And then I started to think, well, that's exactly what firefighters do. You know, firefighters, when everybody is trying to get out of the building, firefighters will run into the building to try to save people that are in bad situations. Same thing with police officers. In the Marine Corps, we had a motto that Marines, while everybody else is running away from the firefight, we are running towards the firefight. And this is exactly what it is that Jesus does. He goes into the troubled situation. He goes where nobody else really wants to go. And he, and he, and he loves you so much that he goes into that unclean, nasty place that you might be in, that dangerous place that you might be in so that he can, so that he can pull you out. And I just think it's a beautiful, beautiful place picture. So you might be thinking here today, well, you just don't know how unclean and how, how, how dirty of a, of, of, a, of a heart, a brokenness of a heart that I have. And I'm just saying, listen, that Jesus knows everything and he's not afraid of it. Amen. He knows everything and he's not, he's not afraid of it. The Bible says that he touched him. He touched this man that was covered in leprosy and immediately the sores were healed. Luke chapter 5 and verse 14, it says this. Jesus said, tell no one what has happened, but go to the temple priests and show them that you've been healed and to show that you are purified, make an offering for your cleansing. Just as Moses commanded, you will become a living testimony 
to them. And so my next point is this, that when, uh, you know, whenever you are, when you have received the generous work of the Lord, what happens is this gratefulness comes out of that. Come on, when God has been so good to you and you received his generosity, that a grateful heart comes out of that. And I don't know about you, but I don't see, I don't see it possible how you can be grateful and not respond by taking action, um, not do something out of the gratefulness of how good God has been to you. You understand what I'm saying? Like, what blows my mind? And, 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 and I know I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong. Like, people can be grateful, but not generous because it happens all the time. In fact, there's a story in the Bible where, where ten lepers came to Jesus, and, and they were all healed by his ministry, but only one, come on, was thankful enough to return and give thanks to the Lord. And so, you know, sometimes people approach God like, they, God, I just want my life to be better. And then all of a sudden, God makes it better. And, and, and they just go on living for themselves and being about their own business. Like, I don't understand it. I don't know how you can do that. But people do it all the time. Like, like generosity, a life, a generous life is the only thing that makes sense to me is being generous. You know, I don't know how somebody can have their marriage restored and their life saved. But then whenever, you know, somebody gets up and it's time to take the offering, how they well, that church, all they do is they just want my money. You know what I'm saying? I, like, I don't understand that. It's like, it's like you want to separate, you want to separate God's goodness, but you don't want to do anything outside uh, of God's, like you're not moved to be generous outside. Come on, God, God moved all heaven and hell to reach you. But when God says, hey, listen, Troy, I want you to go, and I'm just, I just saw you, so I, I want you to go, and I want you to have this conversation with this guy over here and tell him about Jesus, and all of a sudden, you know, Troy, he, he didn't do this, but Troy's like, you know what, I just don't know enough, and I don't, I'm, the, I'm, I'm not comfortable doing that. Like, we should be moved outside of God's goodness to do anything that God calls us to do. And not think twice about it because your life is not your own. He's shown you that, right? All right. So number one, when, God good, when God's goodness or when goodness comes to you, allow it to pass through you. How do you allow it to pass through you? Simple. You serve. You give. You're a goer. You're a doer. You reach and you do what Jesus did. I just want to remind you, and we've heard this a lot, I've even preached this, that a healthy body of water, it has an inlet and an outlet. If you want to see an unhealthy body of water, you know, something that you're not going to want to fish in, is, is fish in a place, right, Jeff, that, that there's no outlets, you know, there's going to be all kinds of just garbage in that because it's it's in fact, over a period of time, I believe it'll just die. But uh, and, and I'm, I'm asking you to go to work, but I'm not asking you to work for God's approval. Like there's every other religion in the world is is all about you doing enough so that God's favor is on your life. That's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about here is being appreciative so much of God saving you and doing something powerful in your life that outside of that goodness, then you go to work and you begin to do and be what it is that he's called you to do and be. Amen. How many of you know that we don't work for God's favor? He loved you while you were yet a sinner. And guess what? He loves you the same now that you are his righteousness. He loved you so much that whenever you were nasty and ugly and in that dark place, that he died for you. This guy here, he went from being a, a beggar to a blessing. I mean, imagine if you've got leprosy, you can't go to work. All you could do is just sit and, 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 and beg. All you could do is just wait for somebody, come on, to do for you, to provide for you what you could not provide for yourself. But man, whenever he was, you know, when, 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 when he was healed, come on, he went from being a beggar to a blessing. Let's take a look at Luke chapter 5, 15. 
After this miracle, the news about Jesus spread even further. Massive crowds continually gathered to hear him speak and to be healed from their illnesses. All right. I think this, that, that this man, before he even had an encounter with Jesus, he probably heard of the good things that Jesus had been doing. Right? How many of you know that good news travels fast? Bad news travels fast, too. But good news travels fast. Like, they, there were probably, oh, man, I heard this guy was healed, you know, from blindness. There was another guy, man, he, Jesus said, pick up your bed and, 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 and walk. And there was, a, there was a, man, he raised the dead. And so all of the sudden, Jesus comes to this town, and this leper is in close contact, and he pursues Jesus probably out of what he had heard take place. Man, if God can... And then, and then imagine the people after the leper was healed. Man, if God can heal a man that's covered in leprosy and his skin was as pure as a baby's body, then, then man, he can help my marriage. Then, man, he can... You know, he can, he can help this cough that I've had. Then, man, you know, he can, he can help my, heal my broken heart or he can heal my son or my daughter. And so all of a sudden, massive crowds are gathering around. And I just want you to know that people are watching you. People are watching you. And guess what? People are drawn to the amazing change that's taken place in your life. So this is my point. Why are we so 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 careful to hide what it is that God is doing? And why are we not more of an open book as to what God is doing? Why are we so careful? Well, you just don't understand, Pastor Travis. I really can't, I really can't talk about the Lord in my, in my workplace. I'm not talking about you being ignorant and getting fired, but I'm talking about just living your life in such a way that God is just glorified at every single turn. And oh, by the way, when somebody asks you, you know, what's different about you, like you don't hesitate. You're just saying, man, I just I, if you really want to know, I'll tell you, come on, Jesus has come into my life and my life is different. You know, my life is taking on meaning now and 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 God has given me some vision and some and some passion. You know what? Honestly, I'm not even the same person. I've experienced amazing change, and I know it's just going to continue, you know, to get better. I just love that. People are drawn to transformation. Why? Because he's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a person that gives dreams. He's an empowerer. He's an elevator. See, I believe this, that as you come to a place of of complete reliance on the Lord. Some of the dreams that you have had, you know, for the last 20 years that nothing has really come out of them. You know, you've got these dreams of maybe owning a business or or inventing something or 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 just being somebody, you, you know, that, that, that that's an influencer. I mean, I don't know, but you've got these dreams, but nothing's really come out of no, nothing's really added up. And the Lord is saying, listen, I'm just waiting for you to surrender because he's able to do even in your latter years of life. Uh, he's able to catch you up even in your latter years of life of something that you desired to do in your 20s and maybe 30s. But he's waiting for you to fully surrender to him. See, he's the elevator. He he takes you to floors that you could not go on your own. You know, there are some buildings that the stairs, if you're going to take the stairs, it'll only go up so high. But there's a suite at the top that the only way that you can get there, come on, there's a sweet spot at the top, just kind of hit me, kind of funky play on words, but there's a sweet, stop, a sweet spot at the top that only the Lord can elevate you to. And I'm just telling you this, that you think that you're pursuing, you know, yeah, I'll serve the Lord whenever, when I'm done doing my own thing. You know, I got to do my own thing. You know, I got to do my own thing. And he's like, listen, man, if you would just, if you would just yield to me, I've got that plus greater in store for you. Amen. And I'm telling you today that every person that you come in contact with has huge needs. 
Come on, every single person that you come in contact with with those huge needs is a perfect scenario for amazing change happening in their life. And all God is waiting for you to do is to make the introduction. He just wants you to simply introduce them to the God that you know, the God that has been so good to you, right? The word change is often misused. We change our socks. We change our underwear. We might change our hairdresser. But I'm telling you what God wants to do is he wants to change your mind and he wants to change the words that you speak. When God changes your mind, come on, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, then he changes your direction. When God changes the words that you speak, come on, there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And, and where you used to speak damnation and destruction and death, now you're a speaker of life. Then guess what? God changes your direction. And oh, by the way, he might change another person's direction as well. See, this is a supernatural change that happens. It takes place when God is involved in human affairs. And I'm telling you, supernatural happens when God is involved in your life. But guess what? Most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time that he involves himself in your life, it usually comes by the way of invitation. Lord, I've been doing this thing my own way for far too long. And I invite you, God, into the captain seat of my life. I invite you, God. I yield to you. This is what I want to do, but God, not my will, but yours be done. So I want to give you a few things to consider today as we close. Number one is this. God knows what you're going through right now. God knows what you're going through. He notices what you're going through. You might feel alienated. You might feel completely alone, but God knows what it is that you're going through. He's paying attention. He knows your struggle. Your wife doesn't know your struggle. Your husband doesn't know your struggle. Come on, the people at work, they don't know what you're going through. They don't know the darkness that's in your heart. They don't know the, 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 the hidden sins. Come on, they don't know the, the, the health issues that, you're, that you don't feel good. But I'm telling you this, that God is a noticer, and He notices everything. You know, throughout the Scriptures, some of the things that I love the most is, is uh, the interactions, the, the conversations that people are having behind the scenes. You know, Jesus is sitting down with a woman of the night. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll talk to you about it later. But, but he's sitting down. He's having a conversation with a woman that works at nighttime. She works at nighttime. And, and, and the people that are in the room, they're looking at him visiting with this woman. And they're like, I don't think he knows who he's talking to. Does he know who she is? Does he know what it is that she does? And I'm just telling you this, that Jesus always knows. Of course he knew who he was talking to. He just wasn't as worried about it as everybody else was. Amen. How many of you know that he was on mission? Right. How many of you know that he loved her just as much as he loved anybody else? Right. How many of you know that everybody else in that room just had as big of a sin problem as she had? But they had, they, they, had, they had categorized their sin. Well, we don't do that, what she does. But you know what? Thank God Jesus didn't say, well, let me just expose to you and everybody else what sin is in your life. Aren't you thankful that the Lord doesn't do that? Right? You got some stuff in your life, and you're just as broken as the next person is. Right? There's nobody here that is, that is beyond, come on, the need of a Savior Nobody needs Jesus more than, than somebody else needs Jesus. We're all broken, and all of us, the only way to the Father is through the Son. And it's through the work of the cross. Amen. I'm so thankful this morning for the cross of Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful for the blood of Christ that covers my sins. I'm so thankful for the blood of Christ that heals my brokenness, my broken heart. Amen. He loves us so much, and and I'm thankful that, that I am a recipient of his love and his goodness, just like the next guy is. Psalm 139 and verse 6, it says this. Oh, Lord. Hey, so just, just real quick, I'm going to train you just real quick. When I touch the screen, you click it over real quick. All right, let's try it one more time. 
All right. Okay. We'll keep it right there. All right. So I'm going to lead you to it. I'm going to tap it and you switch it over right at that time. It says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. There we go. We're getting better. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. Psalm 139 and verse 1 through 6. I just love that, that God knows. He knows everything about you. There's nothing that surprises him. Absolutely nothing surprises the Lord. All of your brokenness, the very thing that you're afraid of, of the population knowing, which you should be, because we're not as gracious for one another, right, as he is to us. But there's absolutely nothing that he doesn't know. I'm telling you that, that when, when nobody else knows, he knows. And so you don't have to, it's funny, whenever we, when we, we tend to isolate ourselves, we tend to segregate or separate ourselves whenever we've got issues going on in our lives. And you may pull back from people. And I think that's I think that's somewhat normal and natural. But I just tell you today, I feel like just a deep stirring in my spirit that that don't pull away from the Lord. And you know how often we do that? We come up short, and next thing you know, somebody's not coming to church no more. We come up short, and we think that we should be farther along than what we are, and, and so we, we, we stop serving in the ministry that we were involved with. We pull back, and the reason why we pull back is because we, didn't, we don't feel qualified, come on, to do anything. The, 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 the reality that God has been better to us than what we deserve and how we're acting is just right there. But guess what? You were never qualified to do what God called you to do. You, you were never qualified. I was never, I've never been qualified to preach the gospel. I've never been, it's not like, God, here's my resume. Look at those doctorate degrees. And nope, not me. I don't have any of that. I've never been qualified. The only thing that qualifies me is, is God call, calling me out of where he's called me and said, listen, I'm going to use you as a mouthpiece. And he has positioned me. He positioned me in this place, right? Just as he has positioned you, right? And so don't withdraw from the Lord. Pursue God as he pursues you. Come on, pursue him. Right? When you're going through troubled times, man, that's when you shake off everything else and say, man, all I have, all I have is Jesus. But guess what? If all you have is Jesus, then you've got more than enough. That's all you need. It's all you need. Number two is Jesus is the pursuer. Jesus is the pursuer. He leaves the healthy to attend the broken. He leaves the 99 and he goes after the one. For me, I was in a jail cell. For that young lady that we pulled out of that dangerous situation, come on, she was, you know, she was at her at her home. To another, you know, they might be, you know, bound up in drugs and addiction. To another, a powerless religion. How many of you know there's a lot of people that are mixed up in religion that has no power? It's really all about community, but there's no power. And that's why the greatest thing that can happen any time that we gather together in a service or the greatest thing that can happen when you put yourself out to share the love of Jesus with somebody is for them to encounter the power of the Lord, the life-giving change, the transformation of the Lord, the forgiveness of the Lord. Joe, right? The forgiveness of God. Do you remember what that was like when God said, Joe, I forgive you. I forgive you of all of your sins. Come and serve me. Come and serve my people. He reaches through the walls of depression. He's not shocked by your filthiness, by your sin. He comes to places where nobody else is, and he touches the unclean. I want you to know this morning that you're not forgotten. He knows you, and he's reaching for you. 
I put down in my notes, I thought this was kind of funny. Jesus is better than your mom. I think about my own mom and I'm like, you know what? My mom would do anything for me. It doesn't matter what kind of a knuckle. When I was at the, at, when I was king knucklehead, nobody else was there, but mom was always there. I could count on my mom. She was always there. And when nobody, when everybody else thought I was an absolute failure, my mom was speaking life into me. And guess what? Jesus is better than even my mom. Sorry, mom. He's better than your mom. Number three is this. Jesus heals. Some of us have been sick for so long that we don't feel like we can receive what it is that Jesus is offering us. Some of us have been bound in sin for so long that we have no problem believing in God's transform, uh, transformation in the life of somebody else. But, but man, it's just been too long. Do you know how long I've been like this? Jeff, I'm just, I just look at you, and, and I, I know that you've just gone through an awesome surgery. I remember I, I hurt my shoulder when I was in the Marine Corps over 20, about 27 years ago. Hurt it real bad. But when I was young, right, it was like, it was like, ah, just suck it up. No big deal. It really, it, it gradually got worse from the point that I heard it to about three years ago when I ended up getting it totally replaced. My shoulder was so messed up. Whenever uh, Dr. Millar, he looked at the images, he said, Travis, I have seen a shoulder like yours, but never on, I think I was 40, I was 47, 46 at the time. He looked at it and he was like, man, this is the worst shoulder. I've seen him like on 80 and 90 year old people. He said, your shoulder looks like cauliflower. It's supposed to be smooth. It looks like a golf ball. It looks, it's just terrible. And so he says, these are the options that you have. And so I chose for a complete and a total shoulder replacement. I got a metal ball in there right now and I got a plastic socket. And honestly, I dealt with this thing for so long. My mentality was, I am going to die with a messed up shoulder. What I'm telling you is, is in my mind, I never thought that I would receive the healing receiving right now. Is it perfect? No. But I'm telling you what, I can bang out push-ups really well right now. I'm telling you, sometimes we can buy into the lies of the enemy that says, man, you've just been screwed up too long. You've been messed up for so long. There's no way that you're going to, that you're going to you know, get deliverance from this or rebound from this or, or receive healing from this. And I'm just telling you this, that that's a lie from the enemy because my God can do all things that you can ask for, think of, hope for, or even imagine. Amen? And sometimes the limitation, it's stuck between these two ears the limitation is in your mind and the Lord is just saying if you would just come out from that place and believe in my word amen trust in my word and see what it is that I will do Adam you got a minute I, I just need a minute I want you to give a quick testimony a one minute testimony come up here in the light please. kind of thing I had an uncle um, that was born into, in, into the church and and all that stuff and something happened when he was really young where he was just like you know what I don't even care. And he walked away. For decades, he walked away. Drugs, alcohol, you name it, he did it. And he became a very bitter, angry person to the point of it was hard to be around him. I loved him very, very much, but it was hard to be around him. And as a child, he used to have this laugh that was so contagious that if you got him to laugh, you would, I mean, it was just a natural response to laugh with him because it was just contagious. Decades of praying for this guy. He started coming to church. He started talking to Pastor Travis. And I kid you not when I say that when he accepted Christ into his life, you can almost see the anger and the bitterness and the hatred and, and all that just melt from his body and his health was so terrible guys I, I don't I can't even count how many times we thought we lost him and it scared us to death because we knew where he was going if he had died at that moment but the moment he accepted Christ all that melted away and there was a peace that came on him that I had never seen so when he actually finally did pass away there was such a joy of the release from the physical pain and he was in the arms of Christ 
and the transformation that took place from when he accepted Christ to from where he was to where he ended up was phenomenal. You hear stories like that and all that kind of stuff. And coming from a guy who was born and raised in the church, you hear stories like that all the time. But to watch it to somebody you'd been praying for for decades transform into somebody new be healed in his spirit not physically but in his spirit to where he laughed again he smiled again he was joyful again was just a phenomenal transformation that took place so if you are sitting here right now and you believe just like pastor travis i've been messed up for too long that is a lie you have not been messed up long enough be it for christ to come and change that take it away from you and restore you in an instant don't ever doubt the power of christ that can move in your life thank you so much you know i think of i think of the uh the service the celebration of life service that we were able to do for rod he gave his heart to the lord about a year um he was able to give the last year of his life to the lord and there was such a huge celebration because everybody knew like there was no question that he was that he was saved and that was just awesome you know the greatest transformation that can take place in your life today is for you to surrender to Jesus Christ whether it's the first time that you've ever done it or if it's the 10th time that you've done it maybe you're here today and you're just like you know what I need to just renew you know my my uh, my vows my commitment to the Lord I want to give you that opportunity here just real quick. Um, for those of you that are making that recommittal, the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. And I want you to know that by your confession and your belief, you are saved. The Bible says that we're, we're not saved by any other thing. We're saved by grace through faith, not of work. Believing that Jesus is who he said he is, confessing him with your mouth, the Bible says that you will be saved. Amen then it's time to get baptized. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being here. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.